If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to What is Going Om for new thought from the edge of Om. Each week on Om Time's flagship radio show, veteran broadcaster, author, and media consultant Sandy Sedgbeer conducts thought provoking interviews with inspirational authors, artists, musicians, scientists, speakers, and filmmakers who are working at the point where spirituality and science meet consciousness at the very edge of Om. Here is your host, Sandy Sedgbeer. Hello. Intuition. We've all experienced that little inner voice or knowing, but how many times do we hear people say, oh, if only I'd listened to it? Teacher, speaker and author Lisa Kay has spent years researching and developing methods and techniques to hone her intuition, which one day saved her life. Inspired to help others to do the same, she started teaching her techniques in seminars and online classes and through articles in the Huffington Post and End Times magazine. And now she's sharing her knowledge and methods in her new book, Intuition On Demand. Lisa Kay joins me tonight to discuss how and why developing your intuition is one of the most valuable tools that you can cultivate in your life. Lisa Kay, welcome. Thanks for having me on, Sandy. I'm really excited to talk to you tonight. Lisa, you hold degrees in electrical engineering from Columbia University, psychobiology from the State of University, uh, sorry, the State University of New York, and you've got a PhD from the University of Metaphysical Sciences. So your career has taken you, in a sense, from one side of the brain to the other, um, you know, from the purely left-brained electrical engineering all the way through the middle to the right-brained work of intuition. What inspired that? Oh, that's a great question. Yes. Um, well, you could see from all my education, I am infinitely curious. I'm sort of the perpetual student. I find everything interesting. And one of the things that has always motivated me was I wanted to know how the world works. I wanted to know how everything works. And I wanted to, I figured if I could know how the world works, then I could live a better life. And so I studied, I actually started out studying science, um, and I wanted to study uh, how the brain works. I, I majored in uh, psychobiology, which is the biological side of psychology. And um, and then I found I was actually also very interested in technology. So I went on and got a degree in electrical engineering. Um, and... I think through the years after, even while I was doing my work in uh, corporate America and technology, I still was very interested in things that were beyond science that science couldn't explain, the things that were transcendental, things such as, you know, it, intuition and those those abilities that the brain has, the mind has, that seemed almost magical. You know, how do people know not to get on that plane and they didn't get on the plane and the plane crashed? Things like that, down to little things like, you know, oh, I, I was just thinking about you. I knew we were going to, you know, and uh, that person called. So um, so I started to study the science of it, of intuition, uh, which is one of my favorite topics. And um, there wasn't a whole lot in the science side on how it worked. So I went to, you know, I went to be open. And I figured that's, you know, actually in a way, being scientific, you need to be open. What could it be? And I started studying um, the realms of where intuition was, was you'd mostly find it, which is in metaphysics and people who developed their intuitive skills and those who were psychics and psychic mediums and, and, and studied it and learned how to develop my own intuition, which started out, I was not intuitive at all. Uh, and I learned how to develop it to the point where um, I actually was... Uh, 
a, a very popular intuitive reader, which which surprised me. And and one day it saved my life, and I was I just figured, well, wow, this works. This is it. And and then I decided, you know, um, you know I want to share it with other people. So, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, we've all we've all experienced it uh, to some degree or another. We've all had a touch, you know, a taste of intuition. So why should it be such a mystery to us that we have to go and study it or we have to work at developing mm-hmm. it? That's a great question. Well, the reason is because the intuitive mind, the intuitive part of your brain and there is science to support this, uh, is not the, it doesn't function in the way that we're used to. Uh, we're used to living in what I call our thinking mind or the left side of our brain, which is, is uh, the side that decide, makes decisions, judgments, it plans out, uh, thinks about the past. And that is the way we um, function in our physical world. It's also what we're used to being um comfortable with. Now, the side that's the intuitive side is probably mostly ignored, uh, and that's the side that talks in symbols and in uh, big picture idea, abstraction. Um, It's the one that has also aware of everything, sort of the things that are going on around you without really paying a whole lot of focused attention on it. Um, And it also is the side that is very connected to your feelings. So we, for the most part, ignore that part because we're thinking, we're planning, we're speaking. That's the other thing that the intuitive mind doesn't do. It doesn't uh, have a lot of words. And we're also very linear in the way we function in this world. Um, The right side of the brain is not linear. It actually works more in, in parallel or all at once. So I think that's the main reason. And because it's so hard for us to to grasp and get our fingers around and um, be specific about, you know, people have generally kind of uh, ignored it. So I think that's that's the reason why. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions people have about intuition? Oh, you know, that's fascinating. I think, and I had some of these misconceptions or these myths myself. I used to think, gosh, to be intuitive, I mean, people who seem to be super intuitive and even psychic, they have, when they uh, tell you what they're seeing or feeling, they describe it in immense detail, like as if they're telling you this long story. And um, that's not actually how it comes to them. What they're giving you, what they're explaining to you, or what you're seeing is the end result of them doing a process of gathering intuitive information uh, that eventually comes together to make sense to them, and then they explain to you what they're getting. And those things that they're bringing together, that they're pulling out intuitive messages are are pieces of information. It might be symbols. It might be a, a picture in their mind. It might be a feeling. And that's the language of intuition. And that's what they're doing. So so the myth is thinking that, well, my intuition has to come to me the way uh, other people are explaining it to me, um, you know, like a movie or a long, drawn-out uh, narrative. That's That's one major myth. I must confess, you know, I used to think, uh, I used to envy people who were clairvoyant. Um, mm. And the things that I just intuitively knew, I put down to having a good understanding of body language. It took me a long time to understand that this was my gut, you know, the seat of my intuition that was telling me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting, you know, what you say about wanting to be, I wanted to be clairvoyant too. I thought that was the coolest thing, you know, to see, mm. because you could get so much information from a, a picture. And um, and I'll tell you a little story. Uh, I'll tell it quickly. They, um, I used to be a great meditator. I started meditating when I was 14. By the time I got to college, I was meditating every day and I was really good at it. And one day in college, a group got together to meditate and invited me along. So I said, sure, I'll go. I'm good at this. So I sat down and I did my meditation with them for 20 minutes. And after we were done, people sat and shared with their experience during meditation. And uh, people were saying, oh, I saw these wonderful colors or I went to another, you know, like another place or another planet. And um, I was amazed. They saw these things because uh, I saw nothing. I saw I was blank. I was, bl- I was black. <laughs> and it was at that point that I decided, okay, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't have images in my mind. I'm not clairvoyant. And, and I kind of gave up. But I, I always envied people who could see things. 
And through my uh, my intuition development and working at it, um, I realized that there are images I was just not paying attention to them. And through the uh, my methods and techniques that I, and and practicing, I became actually very clairvoyant. And um, you can too. So it's it's a bit like you know science. Um, when you put your attention on something, then it becomes more real to you. And we simply don't think about it. We dismiss it. We overlook it. Exactly, exactly. And some people I found this is actually another thing. This is one of the biggest myths. Uh, another big myth in intuition is, is clairvoyance. People think that what it should be, uh, the images should be in brilliant technicolor and immense, you know, finite great detail and that's not how it comes it you might get a piece of an image it might be a silhouette it might be color um, and you know or it might be just a, a a part of something like for example an outline of a car and those are all intuitive images and um so so that's one of the big myths and the other thing is people think that the image is actually something that you can See sort of better if you close your eyes and you you look at the uh, your third eye inside, which you don't need to do. <laughs> I think that's actually quite painful to try to look at the inside of your head <laughs> with your eyes closed. Um. <laughs> Tell us about your experience um, when you say that your intuition saved your life. Oh, well, that's a that's a bit of a story. Um, well, I'll just start it because I know uh, we'll probably have a break soon. Um, but what happened was I it was during the summer and I thought I had the flu and I started to I had a little fever, um, which went away with a little Motrin. But I kept having these bouts of my heart racing and I was short of breath and I felt like I was going to faint. And that was the oddest, weirdest thing. I never had that. And um, they kept happening periodically over and over again, this this heart racing thing. And so one night um, it happened again. I was sleeping. It woke me up and I was shaking so violently from head to toe that I couldn't hold a glass of water. And so I, I, I told my husband, you know, you got to call 911. This is something's bad. I can't stand up. I can't do anything. You have to, you know, get get help. And so uh, they took me to the hospital. And... Um, I ended up in the ER. Hold it right there, Lisa. And I'll tell you the rest when we come back. <laughs> that story after the break. Yeah, you're listening to What Is Going On. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and my guest tonight is speaker, teacher, author, and intuition expert Lisa Kay. And we're discussing why your intuition is one of the most valuable tools you can cultivate in your life. We'll be back after the break. The future of Internet Radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ohmtimes.com. More than 24 million Americans have an autoimmune disorder, and that number continues to grow. I'm Sharon Saylor, and I'm one of those 24 million. To put that number in perspective, cancer affects about 9 million and heart disease up to 22 million. That's why I've brought together top experts and those thriving regardless of their diagnosis to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information. Join me, Sharon Saylor, Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the Autoimmune Hour on Life Interrupted Radio to find out how to live your life uninterrupted. My name is Meera Batra, and this is How I Live United. Many families have come to America for a better life. I advocate for these families with United Way. United Way empowers them to see opportunities available. We help them get involved with their kids, schools, and network within the community. My name is Meera Batra. I help families see opportunity and succeed. I don't just... 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is shut. I love it. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Lisa Kay, please continue your story. <laughs> okay. So where was I? All right. So my husband called the, the uh, called 911, right? And they took me to the hospital. I was like shaking violently. Um, well, by the time I got to... The hospital. I wasn't shaking anymore, but they did some tests. They took some blood, and uh, the test came back, and they said, "Oh well, we discovered you have bacteria in your blood, but you're not shaking anymore. Uh, go home and go back, and you know, go to your doctor, and uh, you know, follow up." So I did that. I went to my doctor the next morning, and he did what most doctors do. He prescribed um, antibiotics, which are pills, and I took them, and they didn't help. And I kept getting these bouts of uh, lying down, I, you know, my heart starts to race and I start to feel like I'm going to pass out. And it happened again, but this time um, I uh, I was lying in bed and my heart's racing and I'm short of breath and my hands turn white. And it was one of the worst bouts I had. And so I got scared and I went to the hospital again through the ER and uh, took blood and said the same thing. Well, you still have bacteria in your blood but you're not shaking anymore. So go home. I said, wait, hang, hang on a minute. I say, I said to the doctor, what, what is this heart racing thing? And, and I'm short of breath and, um, you know, and, and I, you know, what is that? Why is that happening? I don't usually have that with this flu. And, uh, he said, Oh, that was fear. You were hyperventilating. And I said, uh, no, I don't think I was. I really don't. I know what fear is, and I wasn't afraid. I don't know what this is. And he said, no, 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 just go home. Go home now. Um, you'll be okay. Just keep taking your, your pills, your medication. And so he, he sent me home. And now I'm starting to sense that there's something very wrong. And so I turned to my intuition using my techniques, and uh, my intuition came back and said, uh, gave me the gave me the understanding that I was very ill, but I would be okay if I saw a special a specialist, the doctor. So it's Friday afternoon, and I start calling around to find a specialist, an infectious disease specialist, and um, there nobody's re- responding. And uh, trying to find a new doctor is, you know, as you know, impossible um, on short notice. And even over the weekend, I tried calling and got no response. So. Um, now the bouts are coming more quickly. Um, it's getting a little harder for me to stand up for any length of time. And I uh, turn to my intuition again. It's like, what do I do? Nobody's calling back. I, how do I get a doctor? I'm scared. And uh, what I received was um, to to read a book. I was guided to read this book on my shelf, which had been there for quite a long time. And it was how to find the best pediatrician. Now, I thought, okay, that's a little odd, but this is what I'm supposed to, you know, my intuition is giving me, I should read this. So I started reading it, and of course, the word pediatrician kept coming up over and over and over again in the book. And then it occurred to me that my pediatrician is a friend of mine, and he might know somebody uh, who can help me. So I called him up, and um, and as I'm calling him up, my intuition said uh, that he was away on vacation, but leave a detailed message. So I left a detailed message. He didn't, he didn't answer, and he called me back later. 
He said, I was away on vacation. I got your message. I know what you need to do. You need to see an infectious disease specialist right away. And I know someone, and I will text him now, and I know he will see you tomorrow. Uh, This was Sunday night. So I called this doctor, and he saw me. And he did more tests, and he said, uh, you still have bacteria in your blood, but we found out more information. You have a heart infection. And then he put me in the hospital. And um, basically by that time, I, it was so bad, like I said, I could hardly stand up for more than two minutes. And um, and I, I needed to go to the hospital. And he saved my life. Uh, I was going into sepsis, and all the other doctors were ignoring me. And had I not found this doctor to give me intravenous antibiotics, um, I, yeah, I don't know if I'd be here today. You know, when a powerful experience like that happens, is, is there, um, you know, of course, after that, you're always going to trust your intuition. But is there a danger that you could become so reliant on it that sometimes you miss other clues or you mistake something for intuition? Well, I think like any skill that you develop, that you if you know if you're somebody who's kind of dabbling in it and you try it here or there and sometimes it works for you and sometimes it doesn't and and you have you know uh, some doubt but you know um, you're probably going to be more likely to misinterpret or get it quote wrong um, not not really know when it's your intuition but like any skill. And I've discovered this, and so my my advanced students have as well. Is that when you practice and you hone your skill and get uh, and improve it, you get to the point where it's more under quote your control. You can make it happen when you want. You can get and when you get information from it, you know whether it's your intuition talking to you or not. And and you know and most of the time, a good ninety percent of the time, you're going to be right on. And I don't think um, in in situations where I'm trying to think where I've been, I don't I don't think there were ever there was ever a situation where uh, I had to use my intuition in a in a serious situation situation where um, it's it steered me wrong because I knew when it was talking to me, I knew how to trust it because I had worked with it and built my skill so well that. Um, that I, you know, I knew it was my intuition talking to me, and your intuition will never steer you wrong. It is always right on, and that that takes practice. And I tell people you got to practice. In intuition on demand, you write about the science of intuition. You also write about the metaphysics of it. Tell us a little bit about the metaphysics of intuition, because I think that part of the book is um, provides information that uh, has been missing for a long time. People want to know, how does it work? Mm, okay. So uh, it, what's really, really fascinating, this is the stuff that I love because I love to discover and learn and put all the pieces together. And, and I took my background in psychobiology and um, looked at what's going on metaphysically, which sort of explains more the uh, energetic and the um, how we get that information. It's like, I don't know how you know that, but, you know, you know that, you know, information about someone that you can never know or information about, you know, their past or future. Uh, And that's a little more explained by metaphysics. And um, the way it works with our biology is that our bodies, and our brains are picking up metaphysical information all the time. Uh, it's coming up through our, you know, our energetic pathways, uh, you know, and that's because we're able to absorb energy, uh, which is in everything. And there's information in that energy, and we pick it up through, through um, not only our quote metaphysical senses, which parallel our physical senses, but also our uh, our energetic body and, and the portals, which people call chakras. So we can take all that energy in, which holds information, comes into our uh, metaphysical senses and our bodies, and it gets um, our our minds can actually sense that and can interpret it, uh, and it and it gets interpreted in the brain. And what's really fascinating is that your metaphysical senses have 
um, pathways that are energetic that parallel the physical senses in terms of their nervous system and their nervous pathway, nervous system pathway. So I thought that was actually fascinating. And, uh, and that's how we are actually able to, quote, see, you know, be clairvoyant uh, and hear and feel this energy that's metaphysical. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's interesting that the Chinese have known and mapped, you know, the energy body uh, long before we seem to have done so in the West. Certainly other Eastern um, uh, cultures have too. Why do you think that is? Why the Chinese have done it before, or or they're all the same? Um, could you clarify your question? Why the Chinese seem to have ma- mapped these energetic pathways in the body, the meridian system, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you mm-hmm. think, you know, what is it about the Chinese that they were able to do this long before we've known about uh, it in the West? Okay, because they've been doing it a long time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's, it's been thousands and thousands from? of years. <laughs> well, okay, so let's see if I could uh, boil it down for you. Um, <clears throat> so first of all, you know, the you know certainly the length of time is is key because you know it, it takes time to do research things and the chinese often their their approach from what they call traditional uh chinese medicine um is is similar to science but it's really empirical so what does that mean that means instead of having a a small group that they do a scientific study on with controls and uh and variables that they actually are, are looking at large numbers and it gives you similar information but you see they're able to do it over thousands of years with millions of people and when you ha- when you know millions of people over thousands of years have the same results when they do a they get b then after a while you start to go well gee that must there's a, a connection there's a correlation there so that's the value in having lots of people over many thousands of years studying certain processes. And uh, along with that, but what they've done is that their philosophy of how the universe works is based in um, an understanding of, you know, they, 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 they've tried to understand how the universe works. And one of the things that they discovered and believe is that is in this energetic world, in this metaphysical world, and that um, there are people who are able to sense energy and see energy, and, you know, those people would report what it is that they're seeing, and that they would use that information and correlate it to uh, to things that, that are happening, you know, in, in, the, in a human body. And that's how they figured it out. It's, uh, again, you know, trying things and seeing what works and, um, and again, coming up with this understanding by putting a rationale around, you know, if, if you do A, then B works and, uh, and, and, and come, came up with this philosophy about um, the human energy system and, and energy in the universe. Well, what's interesting about your book is that you talk about those metaphysical energetic structures and you actually explain, you know, how metaphysical light energy enters the body, Mm -hmm. the pathway that it takes. We don't hear that very often. We hear, oh, you know, you've got a well-developed third eye or or you're clairvoyant or you're psychic. I mean, to actually have... um, you know, an explanation of how this system works is really useful to people. Oh, yeah, I love it. You're listening to What Is Going On. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer. We'll talk about this more after the break, Lisa. Um, I'm speaking with speaker, teacher and author Lisa Kay about her new book, Intuition On Demand. We'll be back after the break with more from Lisa Kay. The cutting edge of Conscious Radio, Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. 
Host your show with Om Times Radio Network. My name is Victor Furman. Some call me The Voice. I've always been fascinated with human nature, spirituality, science, and the crossroads at which they meet. Join me Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Own Times Radio, and we'll explore these topics. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so much more on Destination Unlimited. I'm Fidel Nshombo. I was born in a city called the Bukavu in the Congo. We were a loving family. And then, boom. Everything that I had disappeared in a single day. People think that when you are a refugee and they resettle to America, and all your problems are done. They don't understand that that's the beginning of everything. I was not born a refugee. I was made one. It's time we welcome refugee families with open arms. Learn more at EmbraceRefugees.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back. Lisa Kay, before the break, what I was trying to get at was to have you explain to us the metaphysical pathway or the pathway that metaphysical light energy follows in the body. Mm. I love that. This is like, uh, that's one of, the, one of the things I studied was metaphysical energy and energy healing, um, which explains a lot of the energetic body because that's what it's working with. And I also studied... Uh, the Chinese energetic healing, which is Qigong, and which literally means energy work. And um, it's really, really quite fascinating. And one of the pathways I think you were talking about in the eyes talking about clairvoyance, I was like, you know, how, how is it that we're clairvoyant? How can we see these things? And people actually can see physically energy outside of their bodies. Um, I don't see it. Uh, I see it in my mind's eye. Um, but people can actually see it outside of them like they're, you know, like they see anything, like we all see things outside of us, which I thought was really cool. I was like wondering, how does that happen? So they can see auras, uh, they can see spirit. And w the reason for this is because the metaphysical energetic pathway for the path of uh, the energy light, if you want to call it light, um, will actually come in and it, it goes through um, third eye, actually. Uh, according to the Chinese, and it follows the uh, same line as the visual nerve that comes from the back of your eye and goes uh, to the back of your brain, which is where your visual cortex is. Now, what happens with a metaphysical light pathway that um, comes in so you can see things, you can see metaphysical energies, it comes in through that third eye, it follows the line of where the nerves are, for your your vision from your eyeballs and then it goes around I believe your hypothalamus uh, and it, it makes this nice little arc around it and then it goes straight back to your visual cortex that's the metaphysical energetic path and as it's going around your hypothalamus it's passing by your both your pituitary and your pineal gland which is in the center of your head and those two glands are often associated with um, being able to see uh, psychically or see um, clairvoyantly and the pineal gland in particular which is also very interesting because that gland um, evolutionarily was actually a, another eye so if you're if you believe in evolution 
um, the creatures, like the the quote less evolved creatures, if you want to call it that, the 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 things um, like see, frogs and lizards, uh, they actually have a smaller brain than we do, and they don't have the big cortex, the, which is at the top of our brains. Um, they don't have that because, and the cortex is what gives us the ability to quote think and be higher thinking. And they don't have that, but it, all they have is the lower parts of the brain that we have. And in the center of that lower part of the brain is the pineal gland. And that part of that gland in a lizard or a frog, certain ones, um, because they don't have the big cortex there, that gland is actually closer to the top of their head. And uh, in certain cases, it's actually right at the, the top of their head, and they... Uh, can sense light with that. They can actually sense, um, you know, visual stimulation with that pineal gland, which I think is absolutely fascinating. So now, as we evolved, as we as humans have evolved, our brains have gotten bigger, and it's and that that gland has stayed there in the center of our head, and it's just the cortex grew over it. So now it's not sitting at the top of our heads anymore. But apparently, it's still sensitive to uh, light. Um, it's still sensitive to, I guess it sounds like um, some sort of, a, you know, metaphysical energy. And, uh, you know, we also don't know uh, the vibrations of light, apparently what what things that uh, physically can penetrate. So, it, you know, that that to me was, that, I thought that was really cool. So that explains why uh, we actually can physically see, or some people can actually physically see, the auras you know, and um, metaphysical energy. You have um, quoted Rupert Sheldrake's work um, and recommend his books. And um, I've interviewed Rupert Sheldrake and read, you know, a number of his books mm-hmm. and um, his theory about the uh, morphogenic field. I mean, as more people, we're living in a time where we keep hearing more and more people are waking up. In other words, more and more people are developing a higher consciousness. And with it comes some of these abilities that we're talking about, you know, more highly developed intuition, clairvoyant ability, etc. Have you noticed, because you are steeped in this work, that the more time you spend, the more people that you train, um, the more people seem to be, you know, en masse um, developing. That morphogenic morphogenic field is getting bigger and bigger. Hmm. Are Mm -hmm. you noticing that? Well, I I find what's interesting now is uh, you are, uh, there are actually a lot more, Articles actually written in you know, mainstream media, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, um, The Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Magazine, that talk about intuition. You know, most cases it's about in business because, you know, some of the larger names, uh, Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, uh, Bill Gates, and uh, or Oprah Winfrey talk about how their intuition is key in their making decisions particularly business decisions. Um, and, and you see a lot of work, you know, in the mainstream media talking about using intuition to make big decisions. And I think that is part of people becoming more aware that their intuition is there and that it does exist and um, and that we're, you know, more open to that and we're more open to thinking about and believing in uh, intuition and that it can help us do things that you know maybe we can't always explain. Tell us about some of the scientific studies on intuition. Oh well, that was one of the you know there's there are actually thousands and thousands of studies out there, and a lot of the studies are most of the studies are on its existence, you know, because I think sometimes the scientific world is a little bit you know stuffy, and they they are. Um, you know, first they have to prove that it exists before they can study it more. And certainly you have to know what it is you're studying. So you have to know that, it, believe that it exists, prove that it exists. And then once it, you've proven it, now you can try to do something with it um, as long as you can get your hands around it. But they can't, they're still having trouble getting their hands around it, so to speak. So there, there are dozens of studies out there, more than dozens, there are thousands of studies. And, um, and one of the things that uh, Sheldrake did was he did he did studies on, I guess sometimes you would say studies of studies. Uh, one of the things was 
he did was the anticipation of telephone calls. And, you know, what are we, the things that uh, you often hear about is, oh, you know, I knew uh, I was just thinking about you and you phoned me. Um, and it could be somebody that you haven't spoken to in years. And he basically went and studied. And I think it was both here in the United States and I believe also uh, in the U.K., the incidence of people reporting that they've had that experience and how frequent it is occurring or has occurred in populations. And it was surprising that the that the studies that he did that um, showed that it was not it wasn't a random thing, that it was actually quite, quite frequent that it happened. Um, so and, that you know, showing that the phenomenon does exist and uh and interestingly enough, one of the things he discovered was that the closer you are to someone, uh, the, the um, emotionally, so you know somebody that maybe you love, you're more likely. And they found this in other studies that you're more likely to actually be telepathically connected to them. And they've shown studies also uh, on telepathy. Um, one of the things they do from from a telepathic standpoint is. Um, sitting somebody in a room that's say down the hall and then they're completely isolated uh, with shielding and all that stuff. And they're actually looking at um, random pictures that are coming up and someone in another room down the hallway, again, shielded uh, has to uh, report what they're, what they're feeling or what it is that they, they believe that this person is, is seeing and that they were able to correlate it to the, beyond chance that there was there is some telepathic communication going on. So those things are quite fascinating. And I think one of the most fascinating studies were done on remote viewing, uh, which is where you actually go and you have people who are able to psychically or um, intuitively go to another place uh, intuitively where they've never been physically. So, um, and use their intuitive senses, their psychic senses, to tell you about another place and the physical location, and they've never been there. So there was one study done, uh, and they did this in the, in the military, uh, because the military was trying to see if they could use what they call this, this is remote viewing as a weapon, um, and because people apparently were really good at it. So they found some people who were exceedingly good at remote viewing. I actually happen to know... Um, the friend of mine is the sister of someone who was <laughs> doing these experiments. Apparently, he's he's phenomenal um, as a subject. And uh, so, one of the things they did was they would give. They, there's one experiment where they gave this gentleman um, coordinates, and it was a latitude and longitude, and that's all he had was the coordinates of this particular location. And he had to he drew out what he saw in his mind. He'd never been there before, and he actually drew in the buildings and the roads. And then he showed it to the testers, and they were so shocked because it it was um, an exact map of um, of basically a military base in the Soviet Union, and they thought they thought there was a national security breach, even though there wasn't one. Which, which is he was so accurate. And another one you that they did was. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to say you actually recommend remote viewing as an exercise, one of the exercises you teach, don't oh, you? Because yeah. it is so easy to validate it. Well, that's the key thing. And, you know, people want to do intuition exercises all the time, and I recommend that you do. Uh, but the most important thing is to know how to do a proper exercise. Now, if you were to Google intuition exercises, uh, how to develop your intuition, what you're going to find are things like uh, ground yourself, go out in nature, um, you know, use your creativity or meditate. Those are not intuition exercises. Uh, it's, it's like basically, you know, going out and lifting weights. Um, so, and that's a practice, uh, an exercise for playing baseball. It, it, it makes you stronger, but it's not really practicing baseball. So what you want to do for an intuition exercise is you want to be able to, um, work with your intuition to give it, a a, a test or, or a practice. And then when you get results from your intuition, validate the results. So you need to know whether you got it right or whether you got it wrong. And remote viewing can do exactly that. 
uh, because say, you know, someone you're sitting with can you say, tell me about my grandmother's house. You've never been there. They can tell you what they, they're getting and you can say yes or no. You know, yes, there was a big rocking chair that was black and it had a, you know, Afghan on it. You're listening to What Is Going On. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer, and my guest tonight is teacher, speaker, and author Lisa Kay, whose book, Intuition On Demand, not only explores the physics and the metaphysics of intuition, but also offers practical techniques, tips, and exercises for honing your intuition. We'll be back with more from Lisa Kay after this break. Bringing a more conscious life. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lifestyle to your world. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. Spiritual. Metaphysical. Green living. Psychic. Alternative healing. Life coaching. Do any of these or similar terms apply to your business or cause? If so, you are in a niche market with a very specific audience. ConsciousGate PR is the world's leading conscious public relations agency. With a global reach of over 4 million and growing, we offer comprehensive media campaigns to our targeted market. Learn more at ConsciousGatePR.com. Conscious marketing for conscious minds. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living. A chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Lisa Kay, Intuition on Demand includes two of the most important mindsets and practices that you believe we can do to accelerate our intuition growth. Would you share those with us? Um, the, so, um, could you just repeat the, the last part of what you said? The mindsets and practices, you, you say that there are uh, two that are really important that we can do to accelerate our growth. Um, tell us about them. Um, well, you know, there are a bunch of things that you can do to accelerate your growth. And some of them, the mindset that you have to have is number one is you have to believe you can do it. And um, which is really important that, you know, if you are doubting all the time and you feel you can't do it, we all can do it. So you have to believe you can do it. And we all have it in us. We actually have the biology, psychobiology shows us we have an intuitive side of our brain. And so you should believe that you can do that. One of the things when I was out uh, speaking in um, Pittsburgh, uh, someone came and said to me, you know, it, it, this was kind of revolutionary for me is that she was like, you know, thank you for talking to us because and, and showing us the science behind it, because she goes, I feel now that it's OK that um, what I believe about the intuition is that it real is a real thing and that there's science behind it. And there is. And so you should believe that you could do this. You know, science shows us that uh, the way the intuitive mind, the right side of the brain works is exactly the way intuition comes to people. And what we just need to do is we need to use our thinking mind to extract that information uh, and so that we can communicate it and we can do something with it. And that's what I've discovered how to do. I've discovered how to 
a technique that allows you to find and grab those pieces of information that are coming up from your intuition to make your intuition happen when you want because you can trigger it and it will respond and it always responds and be able to recognize when it's coming to you because those characteristics of an intuitive message and you have to understand what they are um, they are you know pretty much similar for everybody and yeah and I can tell you what those are uh, then you know what it, what it is when it comes to you. So if you don't know, if you're kind of expecting it to be, again, you know, this long, drawn-out um, uh, dialogue it's, or monologue, it, you're not going to get that. You're going to miss it. So, so those that's that's something you have to understand. You can that you believe that it exists. Understand how it works in you. Understand the characteristics, and then understand how to practice using it. So to really make it work for everybody and anybody is you. Uh, you have to have a technique that you can a tangible technique, not just sit there and wait for your heart to open and spirit come come to you. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, you know, I that's I needed to make it tangible for me. So I wanted the steps like a recipe, and I have a technique that has very tangible steps that you can use over and over again every time you want to use your intuition and make it work for you. And then the next thing is use that technique and practice. And the most important thing when you practice is to practice on things that are not important, not not super emotional, not life big life questions because that's like basically uh, learning how to drive by reading the driving manual and then jumping in the car and get, going to the Indianapolis 500 and going for a race. You're not going to do very well. So you need to practice and practice the right way, as I said earlier, on things that you can validate and you can practice with other people, which is uh, very helpful, and or practice alone and doing it all the time so that you can start to see and feel when you and when you get those hits, when they're right. You can go, oh, I know how that came to me. And I tell people, you know, one of the things that you do as you're practicing is to write it down when you got it right. Uh, how did it come to me? Did I see it? What did I see? Did I feel it? What did I feel? Um, and often you'll start, you'll, that will make it more solid in your understanding so that when it comes to you again, you'll recognize it right away. So, so practice is very important in how you practice and um, and to, to get yourself uh, more and more developed. And it really does work. I've watched people start out in, in the beginning of a workshop on a weekend having no idea what to do, feeling totally lost. And at the end of that weekend, after we're doing exercise after exercise after exercise, going, coming up with the most amazing intuitive hits, and it's it's so exciting. And that's what I want to do. I want people to be able to do this, to be able to share it with others and, and have the whole world be intuitive. Gosh, if we could do that and connect to that truth, that inner truth, that divine knowledge, what a world we would have. There is, there is a part that confuses me. In your section on calling in help, you say that uh, mm -hmm. we have to believe in more than me. Um, and if yep. we can um, actually believe that our or address our intuition as separate from ourselves, it helps keep our thinking mind quiet. But if I started thinking of my intuition as coming from outside of me, how is that helping me to trust myself? Okay, so there, there are two questions there. Um, so first of all, calling in help. So first of all, I do believe that the information that we do get is, is beyond us, is that it comes from, oh, you know, greater consciousness, universal consciousness, whatever, you, all that is, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, but the other, the most important thing is that the way you trigger your in intuition is to ask a question. And when you ask a question in your mind, your thinking mind is going to respond because it wants to. But at the same time, your intuitive mind will respond as well. So if you think that your intuitive mind is you, then you're more likely to respond more quickly. If you think it's outside of you, that it's not you, you it's easier for you to wait for an answer. And in that pause, when you're waiting for an answer, you will be more aware of intuitive things that pop up at you. 
So, for example, um, one of the things I tell people to do is is to use a technique that I call where's the bathroom. And what that means is you have to be in the state of mind when you ask that question, where's the bathroom? It's not actually where the bathroom is. But if you think about when you ask the question, where's the bathroom? You're asking someone outside of you. You're asking someone else. And you need to go. So you ask, where's the bathroom? And you pause. And you're open. And you're waiting for them to tell you. And and that's the state of mind you need to be in when you ask your intuition a question. If you're asking yourself, you're just going to answer. Does that make sense? I, in that context, yes. It sounded like um, you were saying that uh, if we believe that it's coming from an external source, we're more more inclined to believe it. To trust it. And if that... Then, then to trust um, that we are, you know, we have okay. access to that yes. source. Well, the trusting part is if you want to build your trust and intuition, the way to do it is you have to practice a lot and you have to use it a lot. And as you start getting uh, better at it, you're going to get more results. You're going to get positive results. You're going to get more hits. And as you do that, you're, you're going to trust that it's working for you. Because there are going to be times when you're going to get some really wonderful, great information, intuitive information, that you're going to go, wow, I don't know how I knew that. I just, I use my intuition, I got that information, and it's, you know, I can, it's, it's out there and it works, and that helps you trust it. Um, so I, I think that's, that's really where the trust thing comes in. And, you know, and then as, as you're building that, practice and that um, that belief that it works uh, sometimes it's, it helps you believe you know when you believe that someone something out there has got your back and supporting you sure I think that also adds to the trust part you know what I'm saying so I do you um, recommend mm -hmm. one of the tools you recommend uh, and there are a number of them in the book you talk about um, uh, oracle cards and um, you know I find cards very interesting people they sit, people seem to fall into two camps either it's the card that's telling me everything and I don't know how it's telling me but it is and I'm going to believe it <laughs> or it is me that is you know um, unconsciously pulling the card that I need so that I mm. can then you know take that information into my brain and think about it and come up with the answer <laughs> well, um, so, Oracle cards, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so what happens, you know, I mean, so, well, the question is, you know, Doreen Virtual's angel cards have been extraordinarily popular and many people have bought them and used them um, and still, you know, use them religiously. And now she's saying, don't believe them. So do you not think that something like that is a message to those people who believe that there is an external source communicating with them via the cards, that that is going to be really disappointing for them? You know, it's, yeah, it's well, I, kind of I can't speak for her. Negative but, message. Um, <laughs> But uh, as far as uh, Oracle cards are just a tool and you can actually use anything as a tool. And what it is, is that it's, it's your intuition that's guiding you to look at certain things on the cards or it could, you know, it could be runes, it could be tea leaves, it doesn't matter because it's your intuition that's within you that's guiding you to look at uh, and interpret what you're seeing and guide your eyes to certain places. You know, everything is made of energy, so why not? And then it could also be that, you know, energetically we're connected to the universe and uh, it just so happens that we're pulling a card that we need to see because, you know, we're, we're not in total control. That, that's uh, the universe is. It's all working all at once. So so that's that's the value of, of a tool. That's the, of the value of the cards. It's the, the message isn't always uh, the pictures or the or the words on the card. Sometimes it's, the, it's what arises within you. Uh, in fact, all the time it's what arises within you. <laughs> well, it has to begin and end with us, I think, because we're the ones that are interpreting it. Lisa Kay, yes, we are exactly. out of time now, I'm afraid. Um, quickly, before we go to the end of the show, could you tell us a little bit about how people can find your online courses in developing intuition and where they can find your book? Oh, the, it, just go to my website, uh, lisakintuition.com, and uh, that's Lisa K, the letter K, intuition.com. 
Everything is there. My books, courses, everything. Thank you so much for joining us today. Intuition On Demand, a step-by-step guide to powerful intuition you can trust from Lisa Kay. And as she said, you can go to intuitionondemand.com. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer. Thanks for joining me today. And I hope you'll join me again at the same time next week. Till then, it's goodbye from me. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.